Hi, you're tuning into New Life Vietnam. Today's message by Pastor Lop is the cheese platter of God's wisdom. Pastoral chat number four from Ecclesiastes chapter seven, verses one to fourteen. the first Sunday as I email out we're gonna have a communion together I hope you manage I know some will be locked out hard to get maybe bread or juice so do whatever you need to do uh, it's a symbol of uh, of the Lord's body and his blood and so uh, if you have your bread and the juice ready I'd like to read a few verses into the text that we are going to look at later and uh, we're gonna partake together is in Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 2 it is better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting or the house of party for this is the end of all mankind and the living will lay it to heart. Sorrow is better than laughter, for by sadness of face, the heart is made glad. Although not all of us are actually in the house of funeral, the house of mourning, but in a way, we all facing this pandemic. Each of us have different concern, anxiety, worry, circumstances. The Bible tells us there is a benefit, there is something better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of partying or feasting. Nothing wrong with eating, feasting or party or celebration. But here, the word of the Lord wants to emphasize there's something we need to think about in the house of mourning. So if you are going to struggle this morning under the past few weeks and continue to go in the next few weeks as you anticipate, you know you are in a good hand of our Lord. You are in a better position. Why? Because at the end, this is the end of all humankind. Talking about the funeral. Talk about the end. I just attended a dear beloved sister online funeral yesterday in Yangon. One of our church sister, one of the leaders there in the local uh, uh, church there. And it's at there, I, as I read the text, lay to heart, that's the end of all of us, at least on this side of the planet. And therefore, we remember, or at least we reflect, how should we live the rest of our life? How we're going to be Jesus' disciple and follow him? Because the day will be coming for all of us, whether sooner or later. That's the end of the human flesh. So that we can lay to heart, what are we supposed to do on this planet Earth? And the Bible tells us that sorrow is better than laughter. Nothing wrong with laughter, by the way. Nothing wrong with cheerfulness. In this context, 
talking about because when we see that we even though we are sad I'm sad to see a friend leaving the church the, the community and and the uh, and 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 the friendship that we have but our heart be made glad because we know some of you can relate to that resonate with that as as we have our loved one lost our loved one and and because of that we know that we'll be rejoicing in heaven to welcome our beloved the saint into the loving arm of our Lord Jesus Christ it also have another aspect that is godly sorrow will produce repentance that leads to salvation without regret so if you if you keep regretting about certain thing of the past you have not truly experienced God's grace so my encouragement to you as we're going to take communion together whatever happened before 927 is the past so right now that you can renew your relationship with Jesus Christ because godly sorrow will produce repentance lead to salvation without regret but worldly sorrow produce death worldly sorrow produce death right now as we look at the symbol of bread is the body of Christ that's his death but we rejoicing because he took away our sin it's a symbol to remind it's kind of a visual tangible object so that we can lay to heart that all the sin that we committed unintentional sin intentional sin we will put at the cross and his blood will cleanse it remove it make us as white as snow may I invite you to take the bread Thank you, Lord, for your body that have broken for us to redeem us, to bring us into your living body, the church. You are the head, as we are an active and alive member of this living body. May I invite you to take the cup. Lord Jesus, the animal sacrificed the blood only can once a year in the temple with the high priest can cleanse the sin once a year. And you are the ultimate sacrificial lamb of God, the lamb that was slain, that be able to cleanse all of our sin, the past 
and even right now as we're standing here so that we don't feel regret and we're guilty and shame whatever happened in the past whether we can be recognized or significant in the world that's not really matter in your sight and sometimes we just struggle to see how I can be significant in the world and we lose sight of what you have for us relationship relationship with you relationship with your body relationship with the family loved one so that by that love the agape love the love from on high that permeate to our heart feel our love tank and ooze out and spill over the community so that people will know that we are your disciple thank you lord for the cleansing the forgiveness of sin because the devil want to use the power of sin to hold us back into the house of bondage want us to go back to Egypt want us go to go back to the jail and listen again the sentence that the devil continue to declare but lord let us lean not on our understanding but continue to lean on Jesus who is the the wisdom of God and help us lord to be breaking free from all the sin that easily entangles And Lord, we want to be your servant in the only way to be enslaved to the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Thank you for the blood that you have shed for us, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. All right, good morning church again. Are you still here with me? If you are here, type in the live chat. If uh, you shy, please type in the live chat as well. So we are going to look at a portion of chapter 7 in the book of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes is not a common word in English. Some of you, if not your mother tongue, or even if your mother tongue translates, sometimes unusual. But the but the Hebrew, the original text is going to be kohalet, kohalet, meaning it just can be best translated as the preacher, the teachers, the wise man. So this is the teaching from the wise teachers. Some people think that could be King Solomon wrote most of it. And then some others, we don't know for sure, but a lot of things in the whole book, as you read, you will see probably reflects some of the, the life that King Solomon had, right? Because nobody going to be that have wealth and that, you know, many concubines, he can explore a lot of things and he wrote a lot of poems and wise saying and so on. So it's likely it could be King Solomon wrote this one. Now, uh, if you have the Bible, uh, please turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 7. Some of you said, that, Pastor, why you just entitled your sermon the cheese platter of God's wisdom? I don't know. It's just the analogy. Maybe I just like cheese. I like different type of cheese. I know some of you out there may be the cornisaur, a cheese expert. But I understand that, you know, uh, a cheese platter maybe have to 
comprised in some soft cheese, some egg cheese, hardened cheese. Uh, you know, whether it's, it's Gouda, Cheddar, uh, a, a Brie, Camembert, or a, a, a other, other type of cheese that, that just complement uh, different tastes or a range of tastes. I know it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a, kind of a late uh, afternoon tea uh, for, you know, cheese, kind of a French cuisine, or it's just after dinner, and then we have a bit of... Uh, uh, of, of, of maybe a piece of uh, bread or uh, some some cold cut and olive and so it's kind of a, a, a good um, a good blend or it's kind of a, a kind of a good spectrum of, of the taste and so I I reflect to the book of Eccles I think that it just give us a lot of thing but it's sometimes it's hard to hold on to it's just like you go from cheddar to blue cheese. By the way, some of so for so our Vietnamese friend uh, probably never taste blue cheese, and it just is sometimes called smelly cheese, uh, stinking, stinky cheese. Uh, and uh, some of you ask, it's gonna be like mâm tôm or you know the the bún đậu mâm tôm. Uh, if you ask me to choose, maybe I'm not Vietnamese. I would choose blue cheese <laughs> over mâm tôm, right? So this is. Uh, a cheese platter where you can just only can experience God's word through life. The book of Ecclesiastes, you cannot just experience life in God in theory or in a vacuum or in a lab. Has to be, you know, we're going to say, the, have to let the, the, the rubber meet the road. Then you see friction and you see light struggle. And then they begin to understand the wisdom of God. And it's going to range from all different uh, color, emotion, taste, from sour, bittersweet, uh, smelly, all of that. So are you still with me? All right. So let me read for us. Chapter 7. A good name is better than precious ointment and the day of death than the day of birth it is better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting for this is the end of all mankind and the living will lay it to heart sorrow is better than laughter for sadness of face, the heart is made glad. Verse 4. The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning. But the heart of fools is in the house of mirth. It is better for a man to hear the rebuke of the wise than to hear the songs of fools. For as the crackling of torn under a pot, so it is the laughter of the fools. This also is vanity or meaningless or senseless. Verse 7, Surely oppression drives the wise into madness, and a bribe corrupts the heart. 
Better is the end of a thing than is beginning. And the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. Be not quick in your spirit to become angry, for anger lodges in the heart of fools. Say not. Why were the former days better than these? For it is not from wisdom that you ask this. Wisdom is good with an inheritance, an advantage to those who see the sun. For the protection of wisdom is like the protection of money. And the advantage of knowledge is that wisdom preserves life of him or her who has it. Verse 13. Consider the work of God, who can make straight what he has made crooked. In the day of prosperity, be joyful. In the day of adversity, consider God has made the one as well as the other so that many so that men may not find out anything that will be after him men cannot find out the future a good name it is better than precious ointment or translation, other translations say perfume. You can think of something precious because expensive in, in the ancient time, even today. I don't know how the perfume maker that's just maybe overpriced, I don't know, or maybe just really costly. All sort of, you know, good perfume will be very expensive. And essential oil if it's a good one, right? It is, it's, it's a... In the practical way, it is extended to anything that you and I treasure in our heart. A good name is better than something even we treasure in this life. And the day of death is better than the day of birth. Why? Well, at the funeral, people will mention your name. Uh, some... Uh, some of people advise that, you know, uh, we should live our life thinking about our funeral. Thinking about what people say <laughs> during that funeral. Oh, I think I mentioned or shared with you before, there is a service in particular country offer so-called a fake funeral. So that you can experience the, the funeral. You go, to the, you go to the coffin and... And then, you know, after, you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, they let you out and you hear all the word of nice words, encouraging words from your loved one. Even some people that hate you, they will nicely say something about you during the funeral. Is that correct? And so at the funeral, people, we mentioned your name, usually nice one, appreciation will be spoken, forgiveness will be stole, and usually... Uh, precious good memory of the person will be uttered, will be will be shared among those uh, friends and community. Uh, it it later also connects with verse eight, 
that better is the end of a thing than its beginning. Uh, make a quick connection to the New Testament. Uh, Jesus lived his life on the planet Earth. Um, many people name Jesus. That's why the Bible have to add in his kind of a hometown, uh, his kind of a career. Jesus the carpenter. Jesus from the Nazareth, the Nazarene. Uh, Jesus, a uh, uh, son of Joseph and, and Mary, so so that really you know uh, know exactly the Jesus that that people uh, proclaim and talk about, and so he lived through his life on the first century. He he definitely we read the Bible. He's not the one that man pleaser, meaning like just make everybody happy, but everyone, including the enemy in Romans, the Pharisees, all of that, at least there's something in his name. That people just draw attention to. He lived his life with a good name, uh, better than even his own precious life. It's pretty short, 33 plus years or so. And because he lived under the will of God, the plan of God for him. And every time that he set opportunity, he always give thanks and lead the disciple to acknowledge God in heaven. And he pave the way so that everyone who believe, whether Gentile or Jews, can live under his name. And the name has the power to save. As a Christian, how are we going to live this life with a good name? We just live our life in perfection with lots of flaws under the name of Jesus. And we continue to proclaim His goodness, His greatness, His grace, love and mercy, His forgiveness. And that's how you and I can continue to live under the most precious name on the universe is Jesus Christ. And we live up His good name as we live out in this life. Think about this for your reflection. What you are going to hear at the funeral, of your funeral, what word you like to hear? Not from people. I know they will say nice word. What about Jesus, our Lord? Is it going to be welcome in, well done, and faithful servant? Or sometimes it's very sad. I do not know you. You'll be casted out. Oh Lord, I, 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 I do everything in your name. Very different between having relationship with Jesus Christ and do everything in His name. That's a different because a lot of people can do things in His name without relationship with Him. Think about that. You know some of them. I want to hear. I don't know about you. Love, faithful servant, well done, come in. Let's have a banquet with me. That's what I, my prayer and my hope for all of us. And the, next, the next slide, we'll, we have about eight points, right? I'll just share with you point number one that talk about a good name. The second one will be the house, right? Going to make a full slide for people can see the house. Because here, talk about going to the house of mourning, which is better than going to the house of feasting. We... I, I, I briefly mentioned that during our communion already because there we lay to heart. We see the end, like we see the end game. 
We see the end game so that we can adjust the course of our life. If you and I, God forbid you and I, this is the last Sunday that we're going to have on earth. What are we going to do next? This will reveal the nature of our heart and the nature that we, we that we're supposed to live our life, whether one day, ten day, hundred day, or hundred years. Are you still with me? Because at this deadline, the funeral, all mankind, regardless of their social status, ethnicity, career, job, knowledge, study, wealth, health, will be coming to an end. You cannot take that with you. You cannot take all of that to the heaven because I guess we'll not be welcome to heaven because heaven is much a better place. This can be literally or figuratively practiced. Um, I don't know about you, but if let's say if I have a wedding and a funeral at the same time, I would choose to go to the wedding because I want to practice and also, it's going to be built up both my faith and help me. And of course, we go to the funeral. We encourage our friend. We'll be there. Even non-believing friends. Sometimes our presence there is the only glimpse that the people there can see or feel in the spirit of the presence of God. Are you still with me? Some of you ask the practical thing like, what what if I come there and ask me to bow down and with the with you know the incense and so on? Well, you tell who you are, you speak the truth, right? Sorry, brother, sister, friend, um, I I will I will pay respect. I will you know in front of the coffin or whatever. I just look at it and have a moment of silence. I will not bow down. I will not do incense. Oh, yo, bastard! You will offend the family. Uh, we live in lives, we obey the Lord. If people get offended, uh, that's not your problem. That's their problem. Right? So so don't make excuses like, oh, you know, uh, I, I, I will not go to the that funeral because they are very paganistic. You know, just be there. Cry with those who cry. Bring God present there. Why sorrow is better than laughter? Really, how? For by sadness the face of the heart is made glad. It is strange that people are so encouraged to a person without limb speaking. The same message was spoken by other people, even pastor, sometimes would not be appreciated. You know, put up on stage somebody without limb, or maybe on a wheelchair and share the same message, and people just like you know cry and you know because whatever reason I don't know, because it's the same truth, but because spoken to somebody, I feel that is lower than them. Let's uh, it's unfortunate than the hearer, then they feel like wow to be encouraged. It, it's 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 very complex psychology, right? We we only feel encouraged. If somebody is less than us, that's not to be, to be the, the the Bible, right? Humanly speaking, yes, I understand. But human nature, it seems like don't like the strong or big guy. Everybody want the big company collapse. Want the big guys collapse. 
because you think the big guy or you know most likely the oppressor it's the same with the context in the uh, the new testament uh, the jew feel that the oppression from the romans and of course they want jesus to kick out the romans but that's not the purpose that jesus came to be <laughs> in fact jesus came to be to even allow the roman to joy in the kingdom of god for those who repent are you still with me so this is just my personal and general observation uh, you know, for example, people rather listen to advice of their peers, of their buddies, even though their advice is ungodly, than to listen to a mature Christian or pastor who tend to speak to the truth in them, but it cuts their heart. Again, worldly sorrow will lead to death. Godly grief or godly sorrow will lead to repentance. And to salvation, saving life. Speak the truth in life. So my prayer is that God will circumcise our heart. So we might be new, renew again. Godly sorrow will lead to life. That's why it is better to be the house of mourning. This is the best time, folks. A longer lockdown will translate into a closer walk with Jesus because in the house of mourning, you and I will know the end game of our earthly life so that we continue to praise the Lord and proclaim the very good name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Number three, number three, the heart. I want to see some of the camera. Uh, yes, uh, the heart. The wise heart will dwell in the house of mourning, sobering, examining their life. The foolish heart will dwell in the house of mirth, in laughter, or partying, or being entertained all day. You know, one of the things about having a modern life, a TV, a cable, or even internet, if you're not, it have the, if you, if you're not really self-control in the Lord, it's likely you can watch you know, uh, spend a lot of time online being entertained, whether by news or nothing wrong with entertainment. But if you and I indulge in entertainment, our heart will be backslidden and lean toward entertainment and forget about the purpose of our life. Just now, I just uh, quick now, the Spirit remind me the story as, uh, as I visited Jordan, I think two years ago in my trip to Israel. And, you know, the Nabataean, one of the strongest uh, warriors in, in that time during that region. The Roman tried to conquer uh, what today is Petra, right? Uh, to conquer that group. But they failed many times because they are very, you know, expert and professional rock climbers even without rope. They are just moving in different terrain. If you have been to Petra, see documentary, they just like, you know, uh, unbeatable. The Romans just, you know, almost like want to give up. And then one of, uh, I think one of the commander or somebody uh, figure out things that, okay, let's bring entertainment to the area. So they build, uh, you know, what what they call uh, like the gladiator. They build the music opera, uh, the music house opera. They they make a lot of entertainment, bring you know show, 
today, like you know, live show. They bring live show to the community, and slowly, slowly over years, the the Nabitian would drop out the weapon, and they just be entertained until defeated. Roman came in because they already not trained. They, they, I guess their belly getting bigger because watching shows and no longer rock climbing. In no way, there was no way for them to fight the Romans. Are you still with me? The rebuke, number four. The rebuke of the wise. It is God's words, in God's word and insight. It is better than songs or laughter or flatteries of the fools, which is light. This is graphic. If you can try sometime, the crackling of torn under the pot. Put a dry pot. Take out some torn. Put it there. Burn it up. It it it's just making a a very annoying sound. Fools' laughters, annoying to God's sight. A big hoo-ha, but emptiness. A lot of people want excitement in life by either joining the hoo-ha-ha or they just make their life being entertained to spy up their life and thinking it will be okay. It might not be okay. So better, so the word of the Lord say better that you hear the rebuke of the wise, the word of God, when you and I read. It's rebuke you. If I'm speaking the word of God, you feel like, Pastor, you are rebuking me. Am I? I don't know. I'm speaking God's word. If it's rebuking to you, repent. Because it's better for you than to hear your peer of flattery words. Yes? And the Bible tells a bribe corrupts the heart. Why? Because bribery bent truth. Some of you say, Pastor, if I go in the traffic and I uh, made a mistake, then the police stop me, what should I do? I'm not going to give you a personal advice. Deal with the circumstances. But if uh, you ask me, I know uh, somebody will do this, like some... Uh, some of friend that talk like you just talk to the police and say you know especially your foreigner you have more leeway now like you don't speak in the local language you're just standing there making friends smile and and some of time that they just let you go uh, my friend said that you know uh, you know I have free time I can stand here with you the whole day uh, you know you want to learn English uh, we can I can teach for free and then uh, the police just say okay uh, just go uh, for me, I uh, sometimes I got stopped a few times, but God, I get blessed me with a, a high school friend being police. I just give him a call, and he just sorted out, right? Of course, before I know Christ, uh, you know, I, uh, we we call it, you know, we just give some uh, so coffee money, uh, table um, money under table. We all know that, right? We live in this land, but we have to understand the nature of. Of, of bribery is that it bent truth. If you are a murderer, if you commit a crime, and you give a bribery to bent truth, that is horrible. For example, you're riding on the road and you hit somebody and you die, 
uh, some that person die, and then you pay the bribery so that you cannot be charged. That is the nature of bribery that bent truth corrupt the heart, both the receiver and the giver. You still with me? So again, it's a cheese platter. There will be some to some of you maybe like blue cheese, maybe like gouda, maybe like smoked cheddar or other things because it depends on how your senses to receive the word of God, especially in the book of Ecclesiastes. Are you still with me? Number five, the end. The end of thing is better than its beginning. <laughs> how you came to Christ. That's a good start. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But how each of us end our life, whether in faithfulness or faithlessness. The first will become last, the last will come first. That phrase, that in, in the context, nobody knows for sure. Nobody knows for sure how our life is going to end. So whether you are, like in, in the context, whether you're a Pharisee, the religious teacher, and you think that you'll be close to God and the kingdom of God, maybe the widows of a Gentile who just gave all of her heart, her life, will be closer. Or maybe the criminal on the cross and say, Lord Jesus, save me. I, and then Jesus said that, you know, you will be in paradise. No one knows. That's why you and I are called to stay faithful until the end. The end of a thing is better than its beginning. How you and I are going to end our walk with Christ on this planet Earth is better how we begin. Number six, the spirit. The spirit. The, the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. Why? What's, what, what's the connection? What's this connection? The Bible said this, Be not quick in your spirit to become angry. For those who have the temperate, hot, hot temper, or easy to get, you know, uh, angry, uh, I can resonate that with you. Uh, perhaps and say, Pastor, you look cool. I, we don't see you, uh, you know, get really upset or angry because you have not lived in my home. But my wife and my my son can uh, tell you that sometimes I got kind of an outburst anger, quick to angry, and I repent after that, reconciles. And the Bible tells us that be not, be not quick in your spirit because certain thing in us... That, you know, if, if, unless the Holy Spirit begin to work in us, you and I will not bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, kindness, patience, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. We need to seek the Holy Spirit in order to see the fruit of the Holy Spirit that is in each of our life. And be not, it's not wise to be quick in the Spirit to become angry. Why? Because the Bible explained it. The anger for anger lodges in the hearts of the fool. When you and I quick in the spirit angry, we become a fool. Because we will lose our words, uh, cause even our blood pressure to rise, other you know, other other complications emotionally, physically. 
Are you still with me? Remember, this is the cheese platter of God's wisdom. So you need to taste it and, you know, and, 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 and experience it and, and reflect. You cannot read the book of Ecclesiastes in a rush. It will take time. It's like our French brother and sister who spend an hour or two hours just for, you know, a cheese plate or, you know, because conversation, because it's, it, 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 it build, it take time. All relationship take time. The Bible continues to tell us that the impatient will easily become angry and our anger will show that each of us have been nurturing our fullness. That's why sometimes we lash out with words without control. So pray the Lord help us to really surrender to the Holy Spirit so that we want to be wise in his word. Number seven, the wisdom. The wisdom is sweeter, good, if it's accompanied with inheritance or possession. Think about that. If somebody claimed that I am wise, but live in poverty or it is you don't see the richness of God not in terms of materialistic the richness of God the goodness of God in that individual perhaps you have to wonder what is the source of wisdom of that person has now practically it might mean if you and I have the fear of the Lord, we will gain wisdom by taking His word seriously. You will always have enough. You always have something. Even throughout the wilderness, that the people move out of Egypt, it seems that they have more food there, but they, 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 they live with just manna and quail from the Lord. And, and the Lord will... Give them, direct them, if they listen to the, the word of the Lord, and when they, they show obedience, in a way, they are wise because the Lord's know better. And so the, uh, the wisdom accompanied with possession that you and I, as a follower of Christ, we receive Christ promised us what? Life and life abundantly. Because in Christ, we receive the fullness of God what God had promised through the prophets had been fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ. Now, by, examine, by examining the, just the book of Proverbs, um, in the contrasting between poverty and, and wealth, there are many nuances there, but it is look like that the fool will end up in poverty. The wise will end up with possession, inheritance. It's complex in life. It's not always that the wise is going to be rich. But is it linked? For example, if you want to help someone out of gambling and addiction, 
you know, a lot of NGO when helping out. We they, they learn from you know decades ago. If you just give them, you know, fish, they eat for a day, and tomorrow they game they will go back to gambling. You no, know, there is a time for a relief. Get people out of trouble first, and uh, feed them, and help them, and uh, and the next step have to be get them, you know, uh, the job or get the word of God. And if you are a Christian group, they want to get the word of God out right in the relief, because there is a connection between the wisdom of God for our practical life, regardless of 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 where you are, who you are. Is always timeless and apply universally. And so, for example, get somebody got uh, of uh, addiction, gambling. You need many hours of talking, understanding people, uh, help them out to see what is the root cause of their addiction or why is gambling and usually linked to the pain. And then even they cannot find a job because of the education or they just simply born in a, in a poor family. But born in a poor family. It's not an excuse to go into all kind of addiction because a lot of the uh, poor people they will work hard to find way and if they know the Lord the Lord will provide for them. The case I always refer back to our Cambodian uh, brother and church there that I know I met you know there's a man that just you know about to you know kill himself after if he looked try to food in 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 the in the rubbish area and then he met the pastor uh, from a pastor of church pastor Eric Dooley and then he just preached. You know, the word of God, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every single word that produced from the mouth of the Lord. And that man chained the Lord, touched his heart, and, and he, he became a pastor and, and shared the word of God. There's always a connection between foolishness and poverty. Even though the poverty of the soul. If you are facing dryness, Depression, emptiness, maybe somewhere along the line that you not fully surrender to the Lord, not really trust His word, and you think this and His word be outdated. It may be somebody else in the past and not for today. My encouragement to you: Oh, it's a choice before you. You want to be a fool, or you want to be a wise person. In Christ Jesus. Amen. The last one. The work of God. The work of God in the grand scheme of things will be unfathomable. It is understandable though in what he had been revealed through his son and to the whole counsel of God from Genesis to Revelation. So in order to understand God himself, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, the triune God, we need to read his love's letter. We need to read his word. That's how we get to know him. We cannot be able, we, we will never, never be able to understand the whole thing about universe, galaxy, and all of that, even though scientific discovery help us to have, you know, different part of that, but we never be able to fathom everything. But we be able to understand and get to know Jesus, God. And in the relationship, not in isolation, but in connection with the body, with the word. Something in our life, when has been crooked, 
by our own sin or or even sometimes we never know by the Lord. Uh, we never be able to know for sure which one. Um, you know, like if you have friends that for whatever reason he or she uh, born have a physical deformity, it's going to load, going to straighten out what is crooked. Uh, we don't know. I, I never seen that, that uh, you know, somebody have a, a physical deformity and, and, and got chained. But in the Bible, we got crippled man, got healed, a lame man. We got a blind, was born blind healed. So it is the power of God to do that. But it's not our role to force that. Say, Lord, you must do it. Because if you see that the Lord sometimes healed this person, but the other time he did not, other time he performed miracle, other time he would draw to a um, isolated place, he have to spend time with the Father, and he he just doesn't have to do everything. He will do everything according to the Father wills. So the same, we never be able to demand God's work in our life. Because we already have the word of the Lord Jesus Christ, the word of God, the scripture. Whether he will do it this time or next time or next year, we don't know. But what we can trust, it whatever that he gonna, is going to orchestrate, is not only good for us personally, but will be good for the larger body, the, the plan, the grand scheme of his, his, his coming back. Are you still with me? So we continue to pray and accept, and maybe we can find out someday, maybe we'll never be able even to know everything, even we're going to meet Him in heaven because He's the eternal one. It will take, what, eternity to get to know Him because He is the unfathomable God. He is God. Uh, case in point, the practical application is in the day of prosperity, be joyful. In the day of adversity or trouble or bad day like the pandemic we are facing, uh, consider this. So the preacher, the wise man, the teacher, the ecclesiastes, the Kohelet taught us that God has made the one as well as the others. We don't know why he do that, but as he already explained, it is better in the house of mourning than the house of laughter. Maybe it's a lesson we need to learn. It, 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 we need to reflect the sinfulness, the wickedness of our hearts so that we can be common to him, be cleansed and renewed. So this is the time, the lockdown, I feel like it is a great opportunity for each of us to have a closer walk with Jesus an intimate relationship with Jesus. And it requires time. Now, you and I have more time than before the lockdown. I heard from time to time, Christian brother and sister, I don't have time to read God's Word. I don't have time to go to church. I don't have time to share the Gospel. I don't have time to fellowship with other brother and sister. Well, you know, now you have time. But I, I have a compassion of some of you because some of you even said you have time, but you rather choose to do something else than to do something that build up your faith, build up the relationship with you and Jesus Christ and other fellow believer who you call 
brother, sister, because we have the same father. And you know what? If you and I cannot get spend five, ten minutes, an hour with him, with his beloved body, how are we going to spend eternity with him? Think about that. The work of God. One question remain before we close. Why doesn't God tell us everything that we want to know? Well, He somewhat did. In the garden, He let our ancestor Adam and Eve to exercise their free will. He put the the tree there, the tree of life, and the tree of what? The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They was lured, tempted, committed, took a bite, their eye opened. The first thing they saw is their nakedness. They can't handle the knowledge of good and evil. Men as us, we were born, always lean toward evil and wickedness, the sinful nature of humankind. Jesus Christ came, redeemed that. Now we offer being the same choice. Listen and follow and receive Jesus Christ, who will be at the root of revelation, will be the tree of life. Or you want to lean and want to know everything about this life. It will blow up your brain and my brain. You want to know everything about this life. But one thing we are always welcome to know, and to know deeply, intimately, relationally, that is the Lord Jesus Christ. My prayer, my hope for you, that you know Him deeper, wider, more intimate through in this lockdown period. Amen. Amen. Now, um, this is Job chapter 7, and we still have a bit of time, right? Uh, I want to show you a clip that is kind of like give you a big picture of the whole book of Ecclesiastes in case that you want to read again uh, across with less than, you know, with about 30 minutes or 40 minutes. I cannot tell everything about the book. But I think I found this clip is, is, is very, um, um, very nice in a way that it, it poetically uh, expressed theological rigorous and everything that illustration there it's 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 carried out all the nuances that that uh, uh, presented in the theological framework of this book and it's helped us also like now chapter 7 say what's what's this the end of this and so this clip helped us to have a, a a better picture and put what i just shared with you into context so uh, we're gonna play the video it's about nine minutes right and so I hope the internet is good. And then um, after that, um, I'm going to uh, pray for, uh, don't, I don't want to forget this, pray for our brother, sister, whose birthday is in August. All right. So please remind me that, uh, alum. And, but right now we're going to play. Um, hold on. Right now we're going to pray the video. But I want to share one Hebrew word because the, in the illustration of the video, you might wonder what is it, what is this. Okay. So uh, put it on the screen. Okay. Bigger, bigger screen. Okay, so you will see this word is pronounced hebo. Okay, it's it's vanity or futile, futility, idols. Because those who worship idol is is vanity. 
they cannot help. Oh, oh, it's like a breath, a vapor, uh, and uh, it's it, it, it's it's like you know. So the idea is like chasing after the wind. You, you see it there, you feel, but you cannot catch it. So so this is the core um, word throughout uh, the book of Ecclesiastes. All right. So let's just watch this clip. What is the point of life? What do we gain from all our work, toil, and strife? Ecclesiastes introduces us to a wise man who sought to give these questions a reply. This man, called the preacher, spent his life conducting experiment after experiment trying to supply a hypothesis. But to all his experiments, there was one consistent restriction he applied. One limitation under which all his experiments would come. He would only look for answers under the sun. He limited his experiments to what could be experienced on earth, under heaven. In all his tests and evaluations, he basically took God out of the equation. He let his sight be confined to only look at the world around him, and all he was able to find is that the answers he sought here on earth were vain, absurd, and impossible to define. And so he concludes, vanity of vanities, everything is vanity. This is his most constant reply. For everything that takes place under the sun defies all sense, like chasing after the wind. It's a useless exercise. Vanity of vanities. Everything is vanity. And he is so passionate about this message and speaks with such urgency because the experiments recorded in Ecclesiastes aren't just philosophical, they are his autobiography. The preacher sought purpose in becoming knowledgeable and wise. He busied himself with learning until he surpassed every other mind. But. The more answers he demanded, the more questions they supplied. So the more he knew, the more he came to know that as he increased his knowledge, he also increased his sorrow. And so when knowledge and wisdom could not provide answers to his questioning, the preacher concluded, vanity of vanities, everything is vanity. The preacher tried again, but this time with something more tangible and immediate. He sought out pleasure and experience. Everything his eyes desired, he allowed himself to be given. He surrounded himself with wine and women, with food and riches. He sought out comfort and decadence, wild parties and explorative romance. He tried to find the point of life in anything that seemed appealing, but all of it was deceiving. None of it delivered purpose or gain, satisfaction or meaning. None of it was permanent. All of it was fleeting. So he concluded, vanity of vanities. Everything is vanity. 
Then, he thought, if all our work is futile and the point of all our toil ultimately fails, then he would find a way to be content in doing the work itself. So he gave himself to his labor, to enjoying it and to doing it well. But no matter what he made and no matter what he was able to make of himself, he realized death would take it all and it would be given to someone else. Everything was the same. Wisdom, pleasure, toil, and wealth, work, success, or living wisely and well. None of it could make sense of the world under the sun. Nothing could give a point to life before death said it was done. And so as the preacher looked back on his life to find something he could pass on, he wrote his account to preserve what he learned before he was gone. And his account, found in Ecclesiastes, mainly records bleak reflections on his experiments in vanity. And while there are brief mentions of God, his ultimate justice and sovereignty, these truths above the sun are never brought down to his reality. And that is the true vanity the preacher's words help us name. That unless we look above the sun for answers, everything will be vain. For if we are to remain under the sun, there is only one solution the preacher gives to everyone. Simply enjoy your work and your food before your lives are done. Because the answer you seek is vain and absurd, or there simply is not one. And all that is true if you are only looking under the sun. But the preacher is not the only voice found in Ecclesiastes' lines. A compiler wrote a conclusion to the preacher's words like an epilogue or reply. And the author's advice is summed up in one sentence. Fear God and obey his commandments. That's what should be stirring in our hearts as we wrestle with the preacher's disenchantment. That we need God and his word to know how to live in this world and to understand it. But for many of us, thinking about God doesn't really relieve any of the vanity. It's easy for us to get stuck believing that the pointlessness of the world will always win, as it has always won. We find it impossible to not get stuck only looking under the sun. And that is because, above everything, the only thing that can truly cut through all the vanity is that the God who is above the sun entered our reality in Jesus, who is God the Son. He removed the restriction the preacher applied to his experiment, for he brought heaven to earth to bring us life and show us how to live it. The preacher says knowledge is pointless, but Jesus says knowing him is a treasure. The preacher says our desires can't be fulfilled. Jesus says he is our ultimate pleasure. 
preacher says riches never satisfy. Jesus says his provision is better. The preacher says all our toil is in vain. Jesus says our work in him will last forever. The preacher tried to prove our questions are unanswerable, but Jesus proved he is the answer. Because the preacher says everything dies, but the gospel of Jesus says those in him will never. What is the meaning of life? Fear God and keep his commandments. And we do this not by chasing after the wind, but by running after Jesus. Hey everyone, I'm David with Spoken Gospel. Thank you so much for watching our video introducing the book of Ecclesiastes. We are almost through with our wisdom series. Next yes, up. Lord. This is the end game that we saw of our life on earth is vanity. But in you, Lord Jesus, we find meaning, purpose, so that we live out this life definitely not because for our vain glory, but for your glory. To know you, to obey you until the end, and to make you known to others so those who are live in hopelessness can find hope in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay. Right now, before the announcement, I would like to pray for those who have your birthday in this month, August. So can you see the screen? Um, obviously, I cannot see you, but if you're there, you're watching, you can stand up uh, and as a church, and I'm, I will pray for you. So, um, just in case you don't see the screen, it will be Peter, uh, Christine, Oliver, Corey, and Jip. I know you're not in Vietnam, but uh, some of you, maybe like Peter in UK, Jip probably in Cambodia, uh, the Corey, Oliver, Christine from in Vietnam, but I want to pray for you all. Let us join our heart together. Lord, Father, Lord, thank you, Lord, for this brother, this sister, uh, the, this individual. With, some of them are a husband, father. Some of them are single. Uh, a, a Christian is the mother. We pray that, Lord, you will provide for everything that they need right now during this pandemic and protect the family, protect the loved one. And Lord, bring them together in an intimacy with the Lord, not just toiling without, without purpose and aim under the sun, but to get to know the sun, S-O-N, the Son of God. Because everything under this sun and nothing new under the sun will be considered vanity. It's like a vapor. But everything that in Christ that we're going to live and work will make impact, especially when we share the gospel, Jesus Christ, to both our loved one, our children, our friend, our neighbor, our colleague. And right now, Lord, people at home, and they maybe lack of orientation and, and, and feel senseless of this, this pandemic. And Lord, this is the time that we also both remind ourselves the hope that we have in you. 
as well as you're going to speak about the hope that other people will find in you. Lord, we pray that they're going to celebrate their birthday, even though sometimes it's just alone in the room. Uh, but Lord, I pray that your presence will be with them so that they can uh, uh, enjoy the relationship that each of them have with you. Jib, Corey, Oliver, Christine, and Peter. May you keep them and bless them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. We pray that you and your family are encouraged by this message. Join us next time and do click the follow button on our profile page to stay up to date with the latest message. God bless you.